everyone. Christian and I, of course, welcome you back to another episode of Mondays with Mindy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today's episode features a conversation with Lauren Roosh, who's currently the Senior Vice President of Programming, uh, Partnerships and Special Events for HGTV. Lauren graduated from the University of California, Santa Cruz, earning a BA in Journalism and Theater Arts. He started his career in the world of lifestyle talk and game shows, such as do we remember Love Connection? Yes. <laughs> yes. Family Feud and Home and Family. He then went on to help launch NBC's America's Talking Cable Network before he went over to be senior producer of Good Day LA and its nationally syndicated counterpart, Good Day Live. Wow. During his tenure there, he collected five Emmy Awards. Wow. Yeah. In 2008, Lauren ventured from California to Tennessee, the home of Scripps Productions, to join the programming staff of one of its networks, Home and Gardens, popularly known as HGTV. As executive producer, he oversaw productions of some of the network's highest rated specials, including HGTV Dream Home, HGTV Green Home, The Rose Parade, and White House Christmas. A few years later, he was promoted, of course, and moved to New York City and their offices there to oversee all the programming tied to the company's ad sales-driven initiatives, including custom cross-network and fully integrated programs. Say that five times, won't you? Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) He also, and currently, develops and manages series and specials such as Brother vs. Brother, My Lottery Dream Home, The Trip, 2018, and of course, the ratings boon and current... Emmy nominated, dare I say I voted, uh, as an Academy member, you're not really supposed to say, I'm saying, uh, his current Emmy nominated, A Very Brady Renovation. Lauren lives with his husband, David, in New York City, but gratefully still visits us back here in Los Angeles where his family and best friends live. Awesome. I am looking forward to talking to him again, a friend of both of ours, the very talented, very successful Mr. Lauren Roche. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is so much fun. Oh, we're so excited to have you. I mean, at at this point, many of our listeners know uh, that, you know, Christian and I decided to do this because we were missing talking to creatives, um, which feeds me, uh, feeds us all. And especially during this time of not being able to be together. Hopefully that's ending. We are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not an oncoming train. (laughs) Yeah. Back to work we go. Um, But a lot of people assumed that I meant when I said creatives, actors. And actually, no, um, you are such a prime example yeah. of an executive who I classify, having known you as long as I have, as yeah. a creative as well. So, yeah, 100%. yes, we will get started. And I'm so excited for people to um, meet you and know more about you because you you really are um, a very unique kind of uh, showrunner, producer, well, VP, that that ensues usually. Um, okay, so we start each Mondays with Mindy with okay. some five five of the twenty questions that Christian and I have come up with. So into my grab bag I go. Um, let's get started. All right. Okay. Oh, huh. Uh, did how or where <laughs> did how or where you grew up? and were raised, develop your creative aesthetic? Oh my God, what a great question that is. Thank you. 
I think it absolutely 100% did. I come from the San Fernando Valley in the 80s. I was the ultimate Valley kid. I mean, there was no one more Valley than me. Uh, Woodland Hills, California in the 1980s. And I think that it shaped it shaped who I was because I was part of that mall culture. I was influenced by pop culture. I would run home from school and watch music videos. I mean, it was like the core of that time and and I was obsessed with game shows and I knew that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry because I was so obsessed with game shows in the 1980s that I would go on weekends to CBS Television City and watch them from the audience because oh, wow. I was just like obsessed with them and so I think it like it just influenced my wanting to be a creator and I didn't know exactly what at the time but I knew that I wanted to be part of this television world and I think that growing up in LA specifically in the valley and having so much pop culture at my hands was a huge influence in who I became. Well, may I say as a guest of many of those game shows <laughs> I, I I was the game show hoe that when they asked all the girls who wanted to do it, it was always me. So I did body language and tattletales and let's make a deal. I mean, I did $25,000 period. I remember the ball. I am so jealous. Like, you could have done like the biggest Academy Award winning film. I don't care. But if you were on $25,000 pyramid, that like you, you got me for life. That's amazing. And I felt the same way. Oh, give the other girls Johnny Carson. I want a game show. <laughs> and honestly, you probably had more fun. Yeah. So much more yeah. fun. Of course, probably not the ideal thing for a career, but like I didn't care. Yeah. So I love that we share that. Did you ever want to potentially be like the host? Because I feel like that's the first progression is like a kid watching those shows to be like, I want to host those things. Like, Well, I did. I mean, it's kind of funny. I actually, one of my first, my very first job out of college was for Love Connection. <laughs> and then I ended up working so for great. Wink Martindale for two years. And he was such an amazing guy. And we were doing a show called Trivial yes. Pursuit at the time. And he knew I wanted to be a game show host. And I was so young. I was maybe 22 or 23. And he would let me do his stand-in work for all the rehearsals. And they had a whole Aww. demo tape of me being a game show host That's at like 22. It was the most fun it was just like yeah. one of those things that I, I still look back on so fondly because it was such an opportunity yeah. that most people don't get opportunities yeah. like that. So, wow. yeah. So many people mocked him. He was one of the kindest men uh, ever. Meeting for like 15 years after I worked with him, I still got a Christmas card every year. They're just such, he and his wife are such Aww. nice people. So, yeah, wow. that was yeah. awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Do you have a hidden tag? <laughs> I keep humming because we've known each other so long and like, I don't know. Um, do you have a hidden talent? I think my hidden talent is not one that most people would find particularly interesting, but I could count in my head without the use of a calculator in certain circumstances. So I used to work for Good Day LA and I was in the control room and people would have stopwatches and they were obsessed with having yes. to get to breaks at a certain time. And I would know that if we went to break and it was like, 34 that like when we came back, we'd have two minutes and 27 seconds. And they're like, how do you know how much time? And I felt like I was like a human stopwatch. And at the same time, there are times when I will be in the middle of the day, no watch and nothing on me. And I'll be like, it feels like it's, you know, 237. And I'll look at the clock and it'll turn from 236 to 237. So I think my hidden talent is probably a neuroses of overly keeping track of time. <laughs> It's called a producer. Thanks yeah. for playing. I was just saying, like human clock, and you're like, I'm neurotic. Yeah, no, it's your sixth sense for for sure. Okay, um, yeah. 
but don't ask me to like speak a foreign language and I don't like play any instruments. I'm, I'm not talented on any of those fronts. Stopwatch could come in <laughs> handy. We never know. Uh, if you could have dinner with any three people, who would they be and why? Gosh, those questions are always so hard because I know that you're supposed to, and you're supposed to pick like a historical figure or a biblical figure, but I'm so close to like family. And if I could like revisit and like spend more time with my grandmother, it would be like, that means everything to me. Or or get to know my dad's, my mom's dad died a year and a half before I was born. And all anyone says is he was like the kindest man that they had ever met and his spirit lives on to this day. I would yeah. love to have time with him. Like, I, I think that I, I tend to go for the emotion more than the history. So I think it would all be kind of family members yes, that I would like I to love that answer. Better. And that is the correct answer. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be some, you know, Abraham Abe Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hi. <laughs> Yeah, it's Lincoln, just, Jesus, it's not, and Oprah. You know what? That would be interesting. Would it? I don't even know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the I think is more interesting right now. Uh, Lauren Roosh, <laughs> when was the last time you cried? Well, there's two examples of crying. I could cry at a YouTube video or at a commercial, and that happens like almost daily. The little things touch me, but like that deep over life circumstance crying doesn't happen very often. I've gone. Mm-hmm years and years and years of that crying. And when my, this is not a funny story, but it kind of is funny in the weird way. I'm not known for necessarily being a crier. And I was at my other grandfather's funeral and I was like handling everything fine. And out of the blue, it was like one of those God awful guttural cries. And I got the entire place in tears and it was so dramatic. And David was like, you're stealing the show at the funeral calling. It's so down. funny coming from David. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, your husband, who I happen to know, that's hilarious. Mr. Show Stealer himself. Yeah, hello. Yeah, no, that's, I get that. I get that. But like certain movies, right? I, you're the same I way. Cry like, at we can watch a movie and we'll be crying. I mean, yeah. there's certain and I things most, just I cry me. more yeah. out of joy and happiness. 90% of the time. Sentimentality too, of course. But I rem- yeah. I saw one of the last times I saw you cry was of course at your anniversary. Mm-hmm. And that was that really was beautiful. Sweet. Your anniversary yeah, party. I cry over I cry over happy things and I also cry over I watch the Today show every morning and they do these like moments of like the moments to celebrate. And if there's ever anyone surprising their kids that have been away at the military and hugging their kids, oh. and I'm like, a, oh, I can't help myself. Yeah, if the kids like pop out and surprise them, oh, that's nuts. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. hard to get All right. Last question yeah. What's the last thing you binged on? Oh, that's a good question. This whole time of pandemic we've been watching so much television and i think the one thing i was never really a big fan of in the past that i'm now binging on is stand-up comedy which is Mm -hmm. so strange i had not been that guy that sits and watches shows and i think that the world is so crazy right now that i have probably watched 15 stand-up routines in the past two weeks or maybe even more than that we just keep watching them over and over too that's interesting i think that people especially because there's a it used to just be like an hbo thing and now with netflix and all these other big players they're cultivating these amazing talents where they are getting these pretty solid specials yeah i I agree with you like we're looking for that that light in the the bleakness so we're turning those on because it's easy that has nothing to do with covid right i mean you know because obviously they were recorded pre-covid so it's so great to have that audience do things that don't happen that often so it is kind of nice i know so how gobsmacked were you on instagram this is you know i that um Tim Levy's theater company, there were people in the theater. I know. They're getting it together. 
in, in England. England. It's really incredible, actually. So I'm. I mean, with masks, but they're in a theater, and I literally, I almost I mean, cried. Yeah, that's just something that should make us cry. It's like there is a, hopefully a light at the end of this tunnel, like and yeah, joys yeah. to be had and yeah. theater to be seen, and all the stuff that we love to do. It made me so happy. Yes, yeah, that's yes. awesome. All right. So here we go. Let's talk about your creative process as you define it. I mean, whatever it means to you when I say that and your trajectory and how you infuse. And for me, you're one of the most incredible type of creatives where you actually mirror inspiration ideas and bring them into fruition as a storyteller, but also you're the big boss daddy. It's fun though, because I think at the core, you hit the nail on the head. Like I like to think of myself and I like to think of all of us as storytellers. I mean, that's the core of what, if someone was to say, what do you really do for a living? It's getting to tell stories. And I just happen to do it for HGTV where I feel like there's stories that always have blue skies and happy endings. And so it's a world that makes me proud to be part of. I'm not ever embarrassed to put my name on one of my shows because it's the type of programming mm-hmm. that people sit and watch and hopefully feel either happier or smarter or mm-hmm. uh, more inspired as a result of. But our process is interesting, at least for what I do, is I oversee the programming team at HGTV. Right. And so we have a certain number of shows that come from internal brainstorms and internal development meetings where we sit with our team and we come up with ideas and then we figure out how are we going to execute them. And then we have other ideas that are pitched to us from production companies that have either found amazing talent or have great concepts. And then we get to collaborate with them and figure out how to best tell the story so that it fits our brand. And so it's neat because it gets, my brain gets to be split between part business person and part creative. Like Mm -hmm. at the core is the story, but I also need to know who our audience is. And I also need to know what's appropriate for HGTV. And so it's kind of finding all of those and combining all of them and making sure that what we're seeing when we're sitting at home on our television reflects exactly what we're trying to see when we're putting the concepts together. Right. But it's interesting that you said it, when you said brand, I immediately went, oh, and again, it's because I think I've just known you so long. How do you know or how do you all decide when the brand is kind of changing? Because as a network, and I've noticed this with all kind of script shows, yeah. they they there is a tack at some point that you guys kind of don't do a whole rehaul, but evolve. how do you know when to do it? Why do you do it? Obviously for ratings, yeah. I'm assuming, but like, not, how does that I mean, Part of it is for ratings, but part of it is wondering where an audience wants to go. Because if you get too stagnant, then it suddenly mm. becomes not very interesting. And, and we actually were at a point a few years ago where we stepped back and admitted a lot of our shows are starting to look exactly the same and people didn't even necessarily know the name of the show because it was yet another cute couple flipping houses type of thing and so we thought Uh, uh. how do we stay within the brand that is ours but push the boundaries a little bit more and so someone in an internal meeting came up with the idea that the Brady Bunch house was for sale, for example. Right. That's something in the past we would have never bought a house. We're a network. We're not property managers, but it was an idea that we felt like we should run with because it felt like it would hit the cultural zeitgeist of what people wanted to see. And so it's fun to push the boundaries. More recently, we have a show called Renovation Island. And it's like, do you think our, and it's doing really well. And we were like, do you think our viewers still consider a hotel a home if it's done by a family, if it has 
qualities. You know, they're right. living there, they're living there as a family and producing Heck it. Yeah. And it worked. And so I think part of the fun for me is seeing how far we can go. We just did Martha Knows Best with Martha Stewart, which is like putting yes. a G back in HGTV. We had not done gardening in years and we were I was going to ask you about that yeah, yeah. We testing I'm the so excited to, for that we just wanted to see if like if that's going too far or if our audience likes it and they like it so it's it's fun to kind of well, play around. Yeah. I I think Especially the opposite I, again I was just gonna say like post-covid people have gotten back into gardening yeah yeah and there are more landscape shows on more networks that's right and yep. yes I love putting the G back in HGTV I love that. It's funny. Yeah. There's this incredible little uh, nursery that's not too far from where I live. It's something Haggerty's or something in Hollywood. Every time I have driven past, it's probably since, I won't say immediately into the pandemic, but we'll say like probably early May, there is consistently a line around the block of people yeah. six feet apart waiting yeah. to get into a nursery to shop like to the point where I was like are they selling drugs like I went on Yelp <laughs> to see what was up and it was just like <laughs> everybody it's it has five stars out of like 700 reviews on Yelp that people are like this is just the best store they have the best products reasonable prices amazing people and they help you cultivate this garden of your own and I'm like this really is like a thing right now so well, I mean, it's appealing I mean, we're all so yeah. stuck indoors that even the thought of having like your own little slice of paradise is yeah. so appealing. Yes. My mom watched Martha Knows Best and she sends me a text. She's my biggest fan and <laughs> slash critic, depending on the show. Hi, Dolly. Hi, Dolly. Hi, Dolly. Um, but she sent me a text and she goes, I never thought I was into interested in gardening until I saw the show. Like, I think people are also realizing yeah. in quarantine that they want a little bit of space. They want to cook more. They want to garden more. They, yeah. I don't know, home just takes on a different meaning when you're there all the time. Yeah. The other thing you're really good at, Lauren, is, and and I don't think people, uh, I think people miss this and how an, such an important component and a hard component component to handle is you're not just producing the show and content, but you're usually dealing with a personality or personalities mm -hmm. like Martha, mm -hmm. like the guys from the Brady Bunch, yeah. your hosts, property, property versus property, you know, stuff like that, that you are also dealing with talent. Yeah. And yeah. There, that's also a very different uh, skill. I think for us, though, it's easier than for a lot of a lot of networks because we're dealing with experts. And so the thing about the talent in our space is they're doing what they love more or less. And so you're not dealing with like actor egos or diva moments. It really excuse me. Not you. You're a creator. <laughs> a creator, a comedian, and an all-around great talent. Okay, all right. Um, no, but like dig to China, dig to China, dig to China. <laughs> no, but for us, I mean there's there's always gonna be people or persnickety or have their yes. and so forth. But like, I'd say overall people joke that that have come to work for us that have worked at other networks. And they're like, you guys found the secret sauce of like the nicest people on camera because they're doing right. what they love to do for the most. Well, we also hear from, you know, other networks within your community of the nightmares yeah. of, of the talent. And yet they're an important component. Cause that really is a lot of where the fan base can come from, not just the show, right. Yeah. That they, they love are the, the faces. I mean, to the viewer, no one cares about me. I do. They care about who they see on camera, except for you. Uh, but like, no, I mean, they really do. They care about the people that are representing when they watch HGTV, they want to know how are the property brothers? Not, they're not asking like, how is the production process you know so i think it's i think it's interesting right. what's it been like as far as getting going on new shows i mean you haven't stopped for a moment you mm -hmm. and our mutual friend are one of the few people i know who i mean the workload did not stop no it got it got busier because what happened was the minute that the pandemic kind of struck 
we were trying to think of how do we keep fresh content on camera? And so we did a couple different things. So the first thing that we did is we started to look for what are some quarantine shows? What are things that we could shoot where people self shoot them? It doesn't involve any crews. They're fully safe and completely socially distanced. And so we came up with three shows. We did something called design at your door where your favorite HGTV talent would surprise you by zoom, see a room in your house that needed to be renovated and send you a crate with all the materials and you have to do it yourself. I <laughs> love that. And I really wish I was a guest. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, then, and then they are presenting their makeover back to our host. And so our hosts were all crying. They were so proud that these people did the work. Like that was a quarantine only. We would have probably never done it in another environment. Right. But the other thing we did that kept us so busy was we started to tap into exactly what you were talking about before Christian with like the gardening. It's like, what do people care about times like this? We thought of gardening, which is why the Martha Stewart show came about. Uh, we thought of organizational. So we did a show called Hot Mess House where a woman by Zoom taught you how to completely get your house organized so that if you're stuck within these four walls, everything's in its place. We started to just think of like what's <laughs> top of mind during a time like this. And then once we finished yeah. that, we moved on to are there acquisitions? Are there shows that are out there that have already been produced and ready that have mm. never aired so that we could keep fresh new stuff on the air. And then the third part is planning for post COVID. So then it's like lining up a bunch of stuff because when this is over, people are going to want to see new content. And so we've literally never been busier. It's been like nonstop from March 10th on or whenever that wow. time was, that has been Amazing. just insane, but wonderful. And in, in terms of staying creative and staying busy, awful in terms of obviously the state of the world, but on, on a personal front, it's kept right. us very kind of, I don't know, emotionally charged in a good way. Yeah. Post winning the Emmy for uh, your nominated show, A Brady Renovation. From your mouth to God's ears. I happen to know someone whose vote does not have to be bought. And Thank you. Not just with HGTV, but, you know, um, you do something and I'd really, I, I, I hope I, I'm not overstepping my bounds, but you do something with our mutual mm-hmm. friend and your husband's. Yeah. If you feel comfortable. Yeah, totally. I would love you to share that because it has inspired oh, me. You. And I think it will inspire a lot of people to do their version of what you guys Honestly, do. Honestly, it's been probably one of the most important things that I've ever done in my life. It's called Success Yes. <laughs> and basically what we've done is created this forum and let everybody know you you made this totally up. Like this is up. not no, from this, is yeah. this okay, crazy hat. Oh, I yeah. was like, is this some like long term thing <laughs> no, that you no, found no, in exactly. a book or on YouTube? No, no, no. Actually, <laughs> this is not, not the intention yet. But basically, what we do is it's two couples that are best friends. Minnie knows we we go way back, all of us, and we've known each other forever and ever. And we um, get together once a year, and we put together what we want to accomplish for that year, how we're going to do it, and check back on the year before to see what we accomplished from the previous year. But it's a completely no holds barred approach to it. You share absolutely everything. There are no secrets. And so you start off, you share your financials, you share your, you break it down into categories, business, Right. There's personal health, right. uh, relationships, purchases. It's it's really this comprehensive way of determining everything that you want to accomplish. But it's not just throwing it out in the universe and hoping that it happens. It's also coming up with bullet points for what you're going to do to make it happen. And then we make a plan. a plan and we do them in where we always would consider an inspirational location. So it's also kind of a mini vacation. So we've gone to different beaches or yes, deserts amazing or like places. amazing places. And you, 
It's four hours per person. It's hardcore. There are literally tears in certain people every year. Like it hits home for certain people at different times. Of course. Um, but it's really powerful. And we went back to like the original one. We've done it. And I think it's 21 years. I was going to say, I was just going to say it's got to be double wow. decades by yeah, now. I think it's 21 years. I was thinking this was just like started a couple years ago. Oh, this no, no, is no. This has no. like been going on forever. And I found that I had listed, I was living in LA and I was working for the news and just in a completely different place than I am now. And one of the things that I put on a long-term, you so every five years, you also put together long-term goals so that you're always thinking of bigger things than, than only the next year. And I said, I would like to live in New York and be a network executive for a cable network. I mean, that's like... <laughs> pretty specific stuff and and like we put countries that we wanted to visit and it's it's just been insanely powerful truly well i mean to me it's the it's the cross between having an accountability coach and an intimacy something mm -hmm. because you you the four of you are each other's family yes. best friends yes. you know mm -hmm. ad nauseum to it and i just was always so inspired and i remember when it first got going it inspired me to sort of find a couple people to confide in all awesome. of those things and we do yeah. now we don't have the same organized but it's really um always moved thank me thank you you also realize like how many secrets we all have from the people that are closest to us. And it's not like we're doing it intentionally. Yes. It's just the way that relationships are. And so by yes. breaking down those walls and being like, it was a good year. I earned this matter. It was a bad year. Or I owe this amount of credit cards. Or I want to buy a house. Or, or you know, I want my relationship more intimate. Or whatever. It could be anything. And so it's very powerful to just let that stuff out because there's no shame in talking about it. And you end up finding solutions to work towards just making yourself happier as a result of it. Yeah. So where, where is your, can I ask just career wise? I know that you are, this is in no way trying to get you out of HGTV by any stretch of the, I, I know how much they love you and you love it, but will you share one of your aspirations of, of something that you still have not gotten to do or want to do? I think one of the things that I would like to do, which I could probably do maybe in addition to what I'm doing, I think I want to become a life coach at some point because I'm seeing people who are working with coaches and the power that it gives them and the inspiration that it gives them. And I think mm -hmm. I would like to do that in a way that I don't, I'm not ready to, I don't want to be a therapist. I, I don't want to go into that direction, but I think that there'd be something really empowering about getting to like mentor people that don't know what direction they want to go in that, I don't know, I, there's something there because I feel like I love what I'm doing and I keep thinking like there's not another cable network I'd rather work with. There's not a, another type of production I would enjoy more. Okay. So that was, I don't know. May I, may I just inter interrupt that by saying that was, so that was my, I wanted to ask you that there's such deliciousness in networks um, under the umbrella, mm -hmm. right? There's HGTV, there's the travel channel, yeah. there's the food network, but um, you know, discover there's all kinds. Is there anything else that you would like to be able to put your brain behind? Well, I would like to work on what I call hybrid shows. I've always been intrigued by when mm. different lanes cross. And so like a show that combines both food and home, a show that combines travel and food. I want to play more in yeah. mixed lanes instead of only pure home renovation or pure house hunting. And I think that's where this discovery networks are. It's so many networks and they're all anything right. in the world of unscripted basically. And so I think that there may be room to test the waters in the same way that we were talking before how, if our audience is open to hotels, why aren't they open to traveling in search of the best food and seeing how people live in those yes. places? You know, like, there's there's ways of combining yes. a lot of the different worlds together. Well, and, you know, the show that I still want to do, I mean, so I 
I totally want to travel around the world and find the best bathrooms. I love that. <laughs> it's interesting, honestly, because the bathrooms okay. are so different in different me and places. My friend, it's genius. It's genius. I know. No, but me and my friend, I've always wanted to adopt those two English ladies. I want a mm -hmm. motorcycle and a sidecar with, with my friend, and I want to travel all around the world, and I always have to potty. Yeah. So it's like, it's People a thing do. for me. It's really a thing. And I think I can't be alone. Can I give you a title for the show? While you find, <laughs> while you find, <laughs> while, while, you find the, while you find the best hotel to stay in and the best food, also it's very important, where's the cleanest potty? So yes, your, your, hit it. Mindy's new show, Potty Around the World. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, I'm officially pitching it to Lauren right now. <laughs> I, oh my God, the world. Hey, I think I have your first episode too, because I was in Cambria not too long ago, and there was literally a, a sandwich board outside of a gas station right. that said cleanest bathroom in California. Well, listen, I mean, you know, it's point. like when we... Listen, when we, you know, like you guys, we travel to Peru yeah. and Iceland. Yeah. It really is a source of conversation of where where it's to true. go. And then once we find it, we get back into the van or, the, or our cars or are walking and go, how was that? Like we rate it. It's so, and it's hilarious. People would buy that book too, not to mention. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. I am now over YouTube and this uh, <laughs> vocal, whatever it's called, network, copywriting. Hey, it's all yours. Take it. Thanks, babe. Thank you so much. I have to say, Lord, I think it's amazing, too, going back to what you said about the shows. Like, Mindy asked you what you, you know, what what's kind of next. And you're thinking about these hybrid shows. I mean, most people, as they're succeeding in their career, like dialing back that's the pressures of the job. And, like, you're taking two very heavy pressure filled producing type aspects of a show and adding it together. I, I feel think like it makes it more fun. I mean, like we yeah. are, we yeah. aren't curing cancer and we know that. And yeah. so like, why not have fun? I said, we're like telling stories and playing games for a living. That's all that it really <laughs> is truly. And so like, if yeah. you look at it that way, it's a lot of hard work. I'm not going to lie. We work a bajillion hours and there's stressful shows yes, and whatever. Yeah. All that stuff goes along with it. But at the core of it, it's a lot of fun. It's like the hidden, secret where you always hear people saying don't get into this line of work unless it's all you think about i'm like i love it i don't know why i don't think there's that much room yeah. for the negativity if this yeah. is what you want to do then do it and have fun with it yeah i agree well most of our guests are of that yeah. Ilk, yeah. right that there is a joy and a passion and an excitement yes. about the work mm -hmm. and about doing it and um and if, you, yeah. if you could like step what back and realize that what a blessing that is Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yes. So what what is your current source of inspiration? What do you or you and David do, read, see that inspires you? I mean, prior to the last couple of months, you know, I'm a complete travel junkie, like obsessed with Ditto. travel yes. like you. And so my goal was always went on one trip on the way home, well, plan the next, next one. one. Like I live, <laughs> live to travel. And that's been really interesting is to find creativity when you're homebound because this is by far the longest I've ever been at home. And so I'm trying to, yes. I think that my new source of inspiration is more localized travel. So I am walking, I made a vow. I have not stepped on a subway or a train. I live in New York city. I will walk anywhere. I don't care how far it is in the city. It. And so the city has now kind of become its own oyster yeah. and it's been kind of fun. And so I think I still have the travel bug that I'm just going to have to localize it for the time being until the world opens up again. Well, you're in one of the most perfect cities to do that. Yeah, that's true. So you got options. 
you got a couple options there. Yeah, just a few little blocks <laughs> yeah. you can walk up and down. Yeah, and I have to say, your pic, your and David's pictures on Instagram of the city by night have been oh, so. I mean, I'm I'm seriously pining. I have it's had to been so trip. long since you've been Back, here, and I oh. I know October okay. October. I'm a coming. Good. Yeah, I just cannot wait any yes, longer. I got it. Sort of like yeah, yeah. I know you do, Lauren. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been such a kick in the pants. This has been like the most fun thing I've done all week. I will do this. I'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. Even if you're not recording, I'll do a Tuesday's version if I need to. You'll, you'll just sit there. Just sit there and wait. I'm just going to wait until this camera pops on again. So whether, you know, whether or not there's a show. I wish you tremendous success. And I am so excited um, to see you with your new Emmy. Fingers crossed, everything crossed. Um, and I wish you luck, but I don't have to because you just make things happen. And it's the beauty that is you. Uh, and I adore you. Thank you. Well, I love you. I love you. And I want to thank you for letting me, me be on this. And I know that you'll probably cut this part out, but I think you're just the most wonderful person. You've had been such a good friend for so many years. <laughs> and like, this is just like such a fun little like icing on the cake to get to just have a conversation like this and talk about ourselves. But now you have to you have to tell Mindy something nice too. you know, close it by saying something nice to me. <laughs> There's nothing not nice to say about Mindy. That's how I will start this. <laughs> Thanks. Um, give a big give a big hug to David for me. Will do. Will do. And say hi to the LA crowd since I'm not able to see anybody. So if you do, of course, of course, virtual hugs, of course. We will. And I want to I want to let our viewers and our listeners know to check out the Instagram, which again will be on MondaysWithMindy.com. There'll be some show notes so you can link up and see all the stuff that he is working on as been a part of. Uh, you can check out the Brady renovation, but check out his Instagram. If you like travel, it is a happy, optimistic, hopeful, and beautiful Instagram Thank account <laughs> to to appreciate. It's yeah. I don't think there's any photo on there that I don't like double tap every time I see it. I'm always like, ah, oh, so amazing. Oh, so thanks. It's a little self-serving at times, but Instagram always is. So it is, yeah, it's, it is. the nature of yeah, it. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> So thank you again for joining us. We're so grateful to have you. Ladies and gentlemen, the very talented Mr. Lauren Ruth. 